Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast brought to you by eToro. I am Sam North, the trading school lead here in the UK. And as usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, our market analyst based out in Sydney, Australia. Josh, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Sam. Very good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Very well. Very well. Uh, and, and for those listening, obviously, welcome uh, welcome aboard. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, remember to like share subscribe down the bottom somewhere or other um that'd be much appreciated and also so if you're listening on uh on on a podcast remember to subscribe as well uh josh how have you been since we last spoke obviously you went to the ashes and and that looked okay we didn't lose yeah right we didn't lose that's probably the key point it wasn't a complete whitewash no it was it was great fun um you know to to get sort of back out there sporting events um you know we, we've obviously had a long lockdown here um more so recently um probably than, than you guys so to get out and do something like that <clears throat> excuse me for the first time was um was good yeah um you know it, it just bit a bit of normality back in life you, you sort of can't go wrong with that and it was a great atmosphere again we've not done very well in the whole series but um but it's good to, to be back out there at these events so yeah celebrating a draw i guess we were weren't we i saw pictures of ben stokes with his hands or his shirt over his face watching that last ball on, on jimmy anderson but so uh, yeah not to lose five nil i guess is uh, a little bit of a positive we can take how, how far we've come hey? <laughs> yeah yeah uh this week on on the podcast I, I guess it would make sense for us to talk about uh the upcoming earnings maybe talking briefly about the banks because they're kicking off things before maybe discussing uh, what you're most looking forward to over the earnings season, we can then look into equity markets, the NASDAQ in particular, uh, and talk about the sell-off turn recovery, which we had at the beginning of this week and, and what all of that means. Uh, and then wrap it up, we can talk about crypto and whether uh, it is worth getting on, on this dip, whether it's an opportunity to, to look to, to buy it. Yeah, sounds good to me. Awesome. So US banks gets underway for those that don't know the us usually report a couple of weeks before europe do but which banks in particular are reporting this friday uh, and what are you looking to gain from reviewing these earnings when they come out yeah so to kick things off this week we've got uh, jp morgan we've got wells fargo and we've got Citigroup. um they're coming through on, on friday so sort of the unofficial uh, start to, to earnings season um and look bank earnings over the past sort of year or so we could probably maybe even go back to the end of 2020 as well you know they're benefiting from the sort of record high capital markets and the activity that we've seen from that um you know your trading volumes um and also you know investment banking as well um record ipo activity in 2021 obviously SPACs as well you know, so there's been a lot of activity, um, you know, from, from that side of the business. So that, that's done really, really well. R- reserve releases as well, where they'd obviously held back uh, loan losses um, that obviously helped earnings a fair bit. 
But ultimately, on the flip side, that they've had sort of weak loan demand, and obviously with interest rates at sort of rock bottom, that's really affected sort of their net interest margins, um, and ultimately your profit margins have been under pressure. So it will be really interesting to watch. Um, I think trading revenues. Um, I'd imagine that these would be high. Um, if we look back to sort of Q4 2021, the S and P gained about nine percent in that last quarter. So, you know, with respect to that side of the earnings, I reckon we could be looking at some strong numbers again from all three in terms of the sort of trading activity uh, once again. <clears throat> I think, again, looking forward and, and, you know, for a bigger picture, I think a key point will be that loan demand, uh, spending activity again over sort of Q4 holiday season. Uh, that's, again, been another weak area. And obviously business loans, you know, these type of products, um, have been much lower um, within the last sort of few quarters. So I think we will see a bit of a lift in, in loan demand as sort of that world opens back up again, um, especially business loans. I think, you know, people feel a little bit more um, uh, confident about setting up a business again. You don't really want to be setting up a, uh, a business in a pandemic, but that little bit of normality back there, I think that will be in there. And of course, uh, on the loan side as well, we've also got um, a year of record real estate, right? So um, huge house sales, um, you know, record high um, house prices, and, and we're going to be expecting some, um, you know, sort of some retail mortgage, uh, I think they call it loans in the US or house loans, um, you know, coming through from those bank earnings. So that's something to watch. Of course, I think a lot of discussion, um, will be in the earnings call over you know things like rate hikes because obviously that's been you know, a big point over the last you know not not even a week over the last sort of three months over the fed and, and obviously rate hikes and a hike in interest rates will obviously allow banks to widen the spread on long-term assets such as obviously those loans and that will obviously boost margins um as i mentioned earlier it's going to help that net interest income that then struggled in 2021 um but then we probably won't see that really come through until sort of you know, a bit later in 2022, right? Maybe Q2, Q1 earnings. Maybe I think Q2 probably be the earliest we'd see that if we have a rate hike in March. So I think that commentary from management on interest rates and loan trends, um, you know, among consumers and businesses, like I say, will be in, in sort of focus. And we've got to remember as well, financials are also one of the cheapest sectors uh, right now. You know, financials and, and energy are the, some of the cheapest sectors available. Um, and, you know, I think that they will deliver some pretty strong earnings in 2022, you know, because we're in an environment that favors cyclical assets. And ultimately with these rate rises, it's going to favor financials. You know, they might have, you know, some tough year over year comparisons on the earnings, and that's going to be due to the reserve releases. I think um, looking today, something like Wells Fargo could actually see a drop in earnings, but again, the reserve releases help with that. So that might be something for investors to watch because again, if we tend to see an earnings miss, um, or anything like that, or lower earnings in terms of percentage terms, um, you know, an investor sort of mindset can be switched on. But that's something to watch is just because of that sort of tough year over year comparisons with those sort of reserve releases. Yeah, absolutely. So on, on the Friday, BlackRock, JP Morgan, First Republic Bank, Wells Fargo and Citigroup all reporting, of course, before the open uh, and not after the close, as it is a Friday. Uh, and with there being no trading day, for a couple of days, of course, that makes perfect sense. So we've covered the banks there, uh, and of course, will be interesting. Uh, but is there anything else you're, you're keeping a, a close eye on uh, for this earning season in, in particular? So the big boys don't really tend to report until sort of the last week of January. Um, 
but I think next week we have Netflix. So for me, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, given, you know, they had a solid Q3 earnings report, um, thanks to obviously Squid Game um, and obviously new content that we'd obviously discussed previously on here as well. Have they been able to keep up subscriber numbers? You know, that's a big question. We've got more COVID cases globally now. Lots more people in isolation. Uh, again, our case numbers here in, in Australia have have soared to record levels that we've never seen. We're really struggling on, on a lot of areas. You know, supply chains are really being um, hurt. We're seeing bare shelves in supermarkets again. And because people just can't get the staff. So people are going to be back in isolation again. So, you know, I wonder from these Q4 numbers, if we're going to see a bit of a, you know, an increase in those sort of work from home and, you know, those those from home stocks again, that sort of really boomed early in 2020. Uh, you know, I, I really am interested to see how that plays out because you know, globally COVID cases have soared. So I think we see a, a, another good number there from Netflix, um, but definitely an interesting one to watch. Big tech, again, always, you know, interesting. We obviously see them as the new defensive series, Toro, Fortress balance sheets, good growth. Um, and in times of uncertainty and volatility, like we're seeing at the moment, you know, investors are going to want to see stability from those big names. They're going to want to be seeing good earnings. So we'll be really looking at them to deliver good earnings growth because um, I think, you know, that, that will be really needed to sort of you know, just settle minds at the moment and just, you know, um, just look at look outside that volatility. And then I, I also am really interested to see EV names um, and also just the automotive industry as well. You know, that, that's an industry that has struggled with supply chains, chip shortages, et cetera. But we're seeing a huge demand for vehicles, um, particularly in EV, you know, names such as like Neo. They had a really poor year last year after having a really good 2020. But then on the other hand, you've got Tesla who are delivering record delivery numbers, which we spoke about last week. So I think it's going to be really interesting. Again, Ford last week as well, you know, increasing production because of customer demand. So there's really, really strong demand in the automotive industry right now. Um, so let's see if those supply chains are still really affecting these companies or if companies are actually being able to offset that, um, you know, and pass that back on to the um, to the consumer. And if, if they're offsetting those sort of price increases as well, because, again, that's going to be a very, very big focus in these earnings reports is ultimately inflation. Yeah, and uh, and for our listeners, we'll keep you updated over the coming weeks on any developments. But yeah, a, a good sort of opening, good good sort of start to January for the earnings will really help markets on that pursuit for another positive year um, and potentially looking at uh, double digit returns again, which uh, some people will believe is is possible, some less so. And, and certainly on Monday when the Nasdaq's down three percent, people uh, in that camp. Uh, would have been a little bit worried uh, as, as I said on Monday at one point down three percent only to uh, return back to positive I mean what a beast so I guess it'd be good to, to touch upon this and maybe review why the Nasdaq has been more effective than say I don't know the S&P 500 you know what we putting it, it down to I, I imagine that the Federal Reserve and their potential rate hikes are going to be the main sort of talking point right yeah, exactly right. Um, your markets have started off the year with a fair bit of volatility, um, you know, on the prospect of faster interest rate increases um, to obviously deal with this surge in inflation. You know, that CPI number um, that we're going to be getting, I think, is it today or tomorrow, Sam? Today, yeah. Um, today, yeah. So that's going to be a big focus for, for traders. Um, CPI that's expected to come in at, you know, record 7%. So we spoke about it a lot, but there's just a lot to contend with out there. 
Um, but no, the, the Nasdaq has sort of felt that full effect um, as there's sort of more stocks in there with, with higher multiples, right? Um, the S&P 500, for example, trades at 25 times earning, whereas the Nasdaq uh, 100 trades at 38 times, um, you know, earnings. So, you know, investors were, you know, quick to try and sell risk assets. You know, that's usually we, we offload risk assets in when we sort of see that, um, which is why we saw that sort of slump in the Nasdaq and, and also crypto as well, which we'll, we'll touch on in a moment. But sort of the return was also we saw the uh, the dip buyers coming through, some really big numbers from retail investors coming through and, and obviously buying that dip. Um you know, and ultimately, the, the dip buyers seem to support markets these days. I can't really remember that we had, over the last year and a half, a, a sustained fall in markets. Again, look, we've we've seen some of those tech names, you know, hit really hard. I think um, we did a podcast episode where we sort of listed those names, the drawdowns from some of That's those right. names, right? 45% down. So, yes, there are some names that have really sold off. But ultimately, I can't remember the last time we had a NASDAQ or S&P 500 have a really long, you know, sell off again, you know, reading Bloomberg today, the S&P 500 snapped a five day losing streak. And, you know, again, it's unusual that we're not seeing longer sell offs. Um, and, and I think that's because, you know, retail still have money on the sidelines and, and still have cash to come in. And we saw that so much over the pandemic that people weren't going anywhere, do anything, and people have more money than ever. Um, so that's a really po- important point to remember. But obviously, yeah, look, Jerome Powell, with obviously the Federal Reserve, you know, he told the, the Senate Banking Committee that they won't hesitate to act, right, if needed to contain the increases in, in price pressures, um, obviously inflation. And he also said that the Fed will probably start shrinking its balance sheet this year. Um, so, look, I think that's obviously, you know, come to that point. But also, we've got to remember that these rate hikes are coming through because the Fed obviously feel that the economy is in a place um, to ultimately be able to handle these rate hikes. Um, whether we see three or four this year, that's the, the sort of the big question. Um, but yeah, what a rebound it was on sort of Monday session. Um, what do you reckon? Is this a volatility of traders' dream at the moment, or are we saying it's difficult to navigate? You know, what are we thinking? Traders' dream, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just speaking to a lot of people I know that do trade intraday, loving it, loving it. The only issue is it's not going to be like this every day, so they like they're you know enjoying it while they can. But I was just looking at the Nasdaq now, just while you, you were talking, and a, and a great day yesterday. Unsurprising, you know, just the way that it closed on Monday was so bullish just the re- the rejection of those lows and anyone that does trade and looks at those daily closes for the potential move the next day will we'll understand that uh however just well not long ago it's gone into a resistance level which was the previous high that we had just a few days ago in fact let me get the exact day on, on the 6th of, of january so that's the next hurdle uh, and the way this market is moving at the moment is, is actually respecting these technical levels really well so yeah absolutely it is a trader's dream. A little bit more tricky maybe for medium, longer-term investors right now, but that, that's part and parcel of, of, of the market. Um, and I guess that can kind of bring us on to our last subject being being crypto. Um, so if we were to you know, zoom out and, and, and talk about whether this dip is worth buying, I mean, look, we've, we've been moving lower steadily for, for a little while. But from a longer-term perspective, you know, both yourself and, and I, we're, we're in the camp that, you know, it's, crypto is here to stay and i guess we can talk specifically about bitcoin or whatever market but um you know 
are we going to look back and say this is you know uh, you know a big big discount that we've got and in a few years time or even a few months time are we going to look back and say you know what an opportunity it was to have got in we should have done so or are we going to look at this from the other point and say you know those all-time highs that we've had that's them for forever now yeah, yeah it's it's certainly interesting um we've seen a lot of fear in the market um right now look I, i'm not sure it's a a time to be like okay look what an amazing price let's go all in sort of thing right um because you see that a lot on crypto twitter right this is the, this is <laughs> yeah. the lowest we're ever gonna see time to go all in fill your boots yeah every your... every cent lower bye, <laughs> bye, bye, bye. pack your bags we're off to we're off to the moon but no look i think again we're in between a really tricky level right now where you know what we, we broke below 40,000 yesterday we've sort of then bounced back up to 42,000 today so we're still in a really difficult zone because I think if we drop below 40,000 and stay 30 then who knows where we go in that 30,000 range you know because that's when you then might see a lot of selling come through because then you're talking over 50 percent drawdown from that 69,000 mark um, so it's a you know that that's a, a really big point to, to know but look we we i posted yesterday actually the fear and greed index which is a, a really nice um chart or a way of tracking investor sentiment within bitcoin um so the first one was from 2021 and the price was 41k and it actually was greed so that that greed showing meant that investors were extremely bullish and there was a lot of people buying now a year later the price is exactly the same um but the index is showing extreme fear mm. so it's funny how emotions come into investing and trading um, and how the same price in the difference a year makes in between an investor sentiment. Um, but you're right, you know, you've got to zoom out and remember, you know, why you're investing into these assets in the first place. Um, if you're trading, again, it's not it's not fantastic, right? Because if you'd have bought in at 69,000, it's not great. But if you're holding this for longer term because you believe Bitcoin, Ethereum, these other assets are going to be here for the longer term, um then that's it right you know investors shouldn't be jumping in just because there's volatility um but for its use case benefits like i say if you believe ethereum's blockchain is going to power decentralized finance in years to come then you've got a longer term outlook so try not to focus so much on the shorter term price action and i think it's really it's really easy to get caught up in that um you know again i think i remember buying you know bitcoin and crypto in sort of like early 2017 before the retail i but you know i was probably buying it at three four thousand not quite yoni but mm -hmm. um but then but also at that sort of top of like twenty thousand when it was moving in that sort of december january time and it took like three years to get back to that level so again it's it might not be an overnight thing where we come you know we see that price action again um but also again remember why you invested in the first place you know it's not going to be smooth sailing back to the top um, but I don't think we've seen the end of it. I don't think crypto is is dead. Again, over time, we're going to see crypto assets whittle, whittle away, right? There's going to be only a select few that we have. We've got hundreds of thousands at the moment to choose from this sort of meme coin saga, etc. You know, and I think that slowly starts to whittle away and the use cases, they stay. I think we see further adoption um, in 2022 from institutions. More use cases will develop. Um you know and i think we'll we'll get these use cases and we'll see it more in our everyday lives because i think use cases are spoken about a lot but it's then really hard to then sort of come into fruition for most people um you know for example like mums and dads if you were trying to explain like a use case 
for crypto and to show to show that right now it's really difficult to do that um you know you've got metaverse you've got blockchains if i tried to sit down and explain to my mum no offense to her bless her, i love her but my, my point is is that it's gonna be you know really difficult and, and to, to try and show that use case and the real life use case it's it's not really there at the moment so i think something that ha- needs to happen um and i think that really needs to 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 come through to be able to you know tr- gain more trust i think within the industry um and you know see more people involved um and i think you know, get very limited people would have probably bought an NFT last year in like the middle of 2021 or even before that. You know, those crypt punks, um, which are the sort of the, the one of the biggest NFT projects, they were up in like July 2017. But, you know, people right now, everyone wants to get involved. You know, I've got people texting me, messaging me, Instagram about NFTs. So it takes something to go sort of really, you know, mainstream or simplistic to the everyday person um for it to then be able to 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 really come through and to see those sort of benefits and i think to see further interest because right now you've got to really you know have an interest in crypto to really understand uh its full use cases so i think give it a couple more years and again throughout 2022 we'll see that adoption come through a little bit more um and then that's when you see that price action come through you know ethereum for example nfts you know all of this volume that we're seeing in nfts is going through the ethereum blockchain um, so again, use cases coming through, and, and I think that continues to happen uh, throughout this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure, it's going to be an interesting one. And and, and my mum is similar to your mum. If I tried to explain to her uh, anything uh, NFTs, I actually did try to get her yesterday. I said, "Look, mum, you're an artist. You, your artist sells well. Let's create some NFTs." And she was like, "Oh, I don't want to do any of that." So she's not having it. But uh, on no, on no. Bitcoin, it's. I think the average correction, I was speaking to, to Ben Laidler, our global market strategist, as, as people will know, just about Bitcoin and the average correction being 43% uh, from the high. And Bitcoin now is, give or take, 1% away from that, 43 42%, 41%. So on average, it's it's where it, it is for its median correction. So that doesn't necessarily mean you buy now and it, it, it doesn't go any lower. But it's just quite interesting that from historical purposes, the average correction for Bitcoin is, is where we're trading now. Do we go lower? You can't say definitively yes or no. You, you can't sit here and say that. But it is interesting that on average, this is the point where it maybe starts to turn higher. Um, on that note, we'll wrap it up. It's going to be an interesting rest of the month, really. We've obviously got the, the inflation data coming out. Um, I mean, depending when people listen to it, I'm going to say today, but you could be listening on Friday and we can say, well, it came out two days ago, but it's going to be interesting. And we'll definitely, I'm sure, be covering that next week along with earnings. And we've got a few other interesting things in the pipeline. But uh, thank you very much for listening. If you made it this far, head over to the Toro Academy podcasts, guides, videos, webinars, all things that you can check out there. Josh, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you, Sam. Hope everyone enjoys their week and uh, see you again next week. Awesome, guys. Take care. Have a good rest of your day and week. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.